0: I have a ton of I do the most, but I, do a lot. I have lots of expensive I'm gonna watches, make we still forget flying, I want to fly private, no, first class, big, I like it, I big want big it, big and big I, big I don't care, if you can Super afford shot. it, fine, I'm that dude. This is a Grammy award winner sitting right here, right is there, is there a Bentley in your future? There's nothing wrong with getting a Bentley, nothing is wrong with that, It's something wrong when this is the deep end with LaCrae. You know what's funny is I I became a Christian in a very conservative background. And I think that informs a lot of how I function in society. And, And when I say conservative, I think we say that and there's always a negative connotation attached to it. I don't think I think there's positive in in both the the term conservative and liberal. Like both of them have good elements to them, right? Like to conserve is to like keep something that is good to be liberal is to not be chained, right? Like I'm free, you know, I'm. I'm i very liberal as it pertains to uh, snacks with my with my guests and my kids. I take it. People come over, go in the refrigerator, get it. We we'll go for it. I'm very conservative with some values that I have. My kids are teenagers, and none of them have social media. And people say, "Why it's so weird? Oh gosh, they're the only." But. Those are choices that I've made Because there's good things about Conservative and liberal I I don't think they're diametrically opposed As we tend to make them in our culture and our society I think there can be good things about both of them And so being A Christian in my early days In a more conservative environment I think it It taught me you know, the value of stewardship over, um, you know, there, there's like the prosperity, there's the poverty, and then there's stewardship. Now, on one end of the spectrum, there's like the gospel of poverty. And on the other end of the spectrum is the gospel of prosperity. I I firmly believe both of them have individuals that were well-intentioned and just got off the rails, right? If you look at the prosperity side of things, you see people who, you know, want the best for folks, you know, like their initial intention, not all of them, some of them, their initial intention was, man, I want the best for you. I don't want you to believe that God is not for you. I don't want you to believe that, you know, it, he can't, prosper you like he did Abraham like he I don't want you to believe that that's the reality. I think that was a well-intentioned idea. It just turned into God only wants to do this. Like the the reason you come to God is to become rich or famous or powerful. And on the other end, the gospel of poverty is where it's like I think it was well-intentioned in that Jesus was saying hey man sell everything you have and give it to the poor then come follow me is like hey I just want you to know that money does not define you that Paul says hey I've been without and I've been with and I found I need to be content either way and I think they're well-intentioned where it just got off on in terms of saying like hey Give it all away. Don't keep anything. God doesn't want you to have anything because you're going to get it all back in heaven. Don't ever keep nothing. You just you know suffer with those who suffer. And I just don't think either one of them is a full picture of who God calls us to be. So I learned stewardship, which is more of what I believe is a healthier perspective, where it's like, how can I be a good steward of what I have? And a good steward means... It's not mine, right? It's, it's God gave it to me, whether that's power, influence, money, time. How can I use it in a healthy way? A lot of us, you know, when you grow up without, you need these symbols of wealth or power to demonstrate that you now matter. Because for so long, you felt you didn't matter. Because for so long, it was like, I don't have money. I'm not powerful. I don't, I'm not successful. I'm not seen in the eyes of many. So I am, I'm not a person of value. Stewardship has transformed my mind to say, God has all the power I'll ever need. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And if I need to access that power, he's there. But it's not for me, right? I can't center myself In all that God is doing Because he put me here For a reason Like I'm blessed To be a blessing So I remember It's a funny story I remember I did this This video with uh, With this rapper And and he wouldn't mind It's 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 an older rapper His name was Saigon He was touted to be The next 50 Cent Right Back in the day And uh, I thought he was An amazing rapper You know He wasn't a Christian But he was like Man let's do something Together And uh I remember we were hanging out and we were sitting on the subway because, you know, I was kind of bubbling, but I had just won my first Grammy. And he was sitting on the subway with me and no one knew who I was. And he was like, yo, man, you didn't let these people know who you are. And I was like, yo, chill. He's like, yo, you in this magazine we're reading right now. <clears throat> Y'all, this is a Grammy Award winner sitting right here right now. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute, but let me get, let me make this point. Um, But as I've gotten older, what I've learned, what I've realized, and y'all, I love the Recording Academy. They're great people. They do great things. The award is the least of the things that I'm excited about for the Recording Academy, but the award is, it's kind of, it's kind of just metal and wood, like, it's really like a group of people came together and said, yeah, you should win the medal in the wood. Like, yeah, you deserve the medal in the wood because your song was the best. And because we have the medal in the wood now and the people, more people decided I should have it than they should, means I got the medal in the wood. And that's kind of crazy how we'll build a whole identity off of that. It's, it's almost like, it's like real tribal if you think about it. Like when you go like the deep in some tropical jungle or somewhere and then you see this group of people and they're all like passing around this little bowl with paint on the side and they're like who has it we have it and you're like yo that's just a bowl with paint bro like what are y'all doing but that's like the same thing it's just ours is shinier ways more it's that's so it's weird because we'll let that i mean it's just humans we'll let things like add value to us that really are not I mean we're already amazing we're made in the image of god like I don't know so that's that's kind of a mind trip if you think about it like there's more numbers in my on my bank screen than your bank screen which means I mean more this is weird it's kind of a weird thing. Like a lot of things are weird if you think about them. Like wars for land. It's like there's imaginary lines that decide where we live. Like there's no real lines that delineate Texas from Louisiana. There's they're not there. Like they're imaginary. But there'll be like a war for that. It's when you really like zoom out. You're like, what must God be thinking when he see? Like, what are they doing? Are you fighting over lines? Like when you're a kid. Getting a fight over musical chairs, in the adults, the teachers, like, what are you? What are you doing? That's my spoon. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, until it starts messing with people's ability to live healthy lives, like that's a different story. But the thing I was gonna say, bringing it back to the to the Grammys and the awards and whatnot, is I realized that I was so self righteous because. I become very loyal to belief systems and communities and doctrines. Like, that was my tendency. And I became extremely loyal to a particular, like, doctrinal group of folks. And so, if I gain credence or credibility in this circle by not flaunting things, I'm actually flaunting them by not flaunting them. So like, if you think I'm such an awesome person, if my circle's like, he's so awesome because he's humble, he never wears jewelry, then I'm like, oh, then I'm never wearing jewelry. Not because it's like a godly thing, but because you guys think I'm righteous for that. And it's like, I'm in a sense still wearing jewelry. The jewelry is not wearing jewelry. It's all about who you want to acknowledge you and what circles you want to be seen as somebody in. And the self-righteousness at that season of my life was in an all-time high. So it wasn't that part one, it was like I couldn't afford it. But then even when I could, part two was like, oh no, what will they think of me? You know, Will I still be admired and thought of as so godly? Because I, you know, um, it was false humility. And now- like this stuff really doesn't mean much, which makes me do certain things and not do certain things, right? Like it doesn't mean much. So the the chain is not as big of a deal as I made it out to be. So yeah, I, if I, I like it, sure. Why? Because it's an extension of hip hop culture. I love hip hop culture. It's a, it's a staple and it's something, it's like somebody who says, man, I want a, a boathouse. I want a boat. Because that matters to you. You enjoy boats. Okay, I don't. I don't like lake houses, but I love hip-hop culture. And I grew up looking at my favorite rappers and, you know, seeing historical pictures of LL Cool J with a chain on. This is my first one I've ever gotten after 20 years of doing this. And it's still not that impressive, but, you know, yeah. So, you know, I, I guess it's just a sense of it doesn't matter as much these days. You know, Paul... In the scriptures, he says, um, he talks about people assuming his motives. And he's like, listen, y'all, I don't even judge myself. Like, I let God do the judging because I don't even know my own motives. And I like that because oftentimes we'll assume people's motives. We'll see the pastor wearing the expensive clothes or sneakers, and we just immediately assume their motives. Immediately assume, like, know what you're about. Um, And it's like, man, this pastor just gave away $6 million to his community but he spent 300 on some shoes and it's like all of a sudden now we put ourselves in a position to condemn him we don't know his motives right like so i i do think that we just we have caricatures in our brain of like what people's motive is when they do certain things right it's it's why i never wear sunglasses in an interview Because I know the perception is, oh, you think you, you somebody special. And also because I just, I like to see when there's no sun in my eyes. So that's the other thing. I just don't, that's not my thing. You know, we just don't know the motives of people, right? Like I've been there. I've been on the side of just like overly critiquing folks for stuff and just assuming their motives. And the truth of the matter is, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they think that they are like, yeah, you see me. If they're flaunting, if they're trying to be seen as something otherworldly, I don't know. Or, or if they're just like, nah, I just have an appreciation for fashion. And I this is a way of artistic expression for me. I, I don't know. Um, but let's say it is the, the, the former and that they are flaunting. What does that do? What 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 do I do with that? I, only thing I can do with that is hopefully what I would do with that is to understand like, okay, there's some insecurities there, right? There's some insecurities there to where they feel like they, they need to be seen as wealthy or well-off or the world needs to see them as something other than what they are. What's the insecurity that they think they're masking by this particular thing if they're flaunting? Because that's all it is. It's really a masking of an. It's, there's a deeper issue going on inside of us when we do that. And, I, and I've been there. I mean, I'm there all the time, right? Like it's not, it's like I have lots of expensive watches and not lots. I'm lying. I have like three expensive watches and one of them I pay for because I'm also cheap. That's another thing. And I bought it used and it was on sale. So that's another thing. But most of the time, I, I wear an Apple Watch because it's just functionally better for me. But there's days in meetings where I'm like, oh, I got to wear the expensive one. And I promise you, it's not because I understand the technology and the watch and the wheels and the twists. I wouldn't even lie to you. I'm not even going to lie to you and say I appreciate Swiss-made watches and the technological pieces and the mechanics. I don't know anything about that. I just know people think that you have a sophistication or something, like they trust you more when you got on the expensive watch. They believe you really are what you say you are when you got that on. I'm being dead honest, and I know I'm wrong. I know when I put that watch on, nothing in me at the the most innocent thing happening in my heart when I wear that expensive watch is that I'm trying to match my attire. I'm just trying to like match it all together. But it's all perception. Like, I promise you I wouldn't care if nobody else did. I'm only wearing that watch because other people care. Only reason. And that's something that I I have to wrestle in my heart with. So you don't see me wearing them a lot because I know like, I can stop myself and say, nah, this is not to match the fit, bro. This is you flexing on somebody today. And I think we live in a culture where people think flexing is okay. Like, it's like, yeah, flex on them one time. Why? (laughs) Like, why? What does that do for us? How is that healthy? You know what I mean? Like, how is it a healthy thing to give off the perception that I'm, I'm somebody? Like, how is that healthy for our soul? How does that benefit us? How does that draw us closer to Jesus? That's the question that I think we got to start asking ourselves. Is, how is this endearing my heart toward God in this moment? Is it? Or is it centering me more? I think that's the question we got to ask ourselves. That's that's what I'm constantly asking myself. And it's so funny because my wife is complete opposite of me. Now, she'll err on the self-righteous side, Right? On her worst day So Her Best day She's just wanting me To like Hey chill out bro You're doing too much Okay You're doing I wanted some rims When we first got our first little check I paid off our student loans I said Oh Putting some rims on it She said You're not You're not putting rims on the car I'm like why I worked hard I want some rims on this thing And You know she was like, because you just want to be seen, you want to show off. I could have manipulated It's like, no, it adds to the value of the car. Da, 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 da. She was right. I just wanted to flex, so I wanted to stun on these people one time. Just ah, you see me in the rims. Um, but also, <laughs> she was like, We live in in the hood, bro. You're not only drawing attention to yourself, making yourself a target. <laughs> no one around you can afford these rims and this is just not a good look. It's like you're belittling people in some senses. So, you know, that's stuff I had to process and think through. End of the day, I I just always want to ask myself, man, how is this endearing me to the Lord? How is this growing me in my relationship to God And, and am I just trying to show off? I have a ton of plaques, right? Probably like 12 plaques and they're not on my wall. And they're not on my wall because my heart wants to build a shrine to myself. And I know that. My heart wants to build a temple of Lecrae that I can walk into and look at what I have done. Right? Like that's, it's not a celebration of what God has done through my music. I can couch it as that, but I'm lying. I'm lying to you. I'm lying to myself and I'm lying to God. I want you to see that I'm that dude. Look at what I've accomplished. So I don't put the plaques up, not because I'm false humble, because I'm anything but. Because <laughs> I'm wrestling with humility. I'm not out here like I'm so humble, no plaques on my walls. I'm more like, no, I struggle with pride, and I'm not putting the plaques up because I I don't need that. Um, I'm always reminded of of Naaman in the scriptures, and and because that story haunts me, right? The story of Naaman is he, God rose him up out the dirt. It says he was a man of the soil. I mean, he had dirt on his hands. He started from, got it out the mud, literally. God rose him up. He started winning wars and killing it. And he just felt like, man, I'm so powerful. He forgot where the power had come from and who had put him in that position. He got so arrogant that he ended up walking into the temple where only the priests were allowed. He's like, no, no, no. I can go in there because I'm naming. And God's like, you can't go in there. The priest are like, yo, you are tripping. Stop. And he walks in and gets struck with leprosy. And I I've been struck with leprosy too many times. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to get struck with it anymore. Proverbial leprosy, people, not real leprosy. So I just don't. I, I'm like nah, God. I, I this is me walking into the temple, and I'm just I don't need that in my life. I remember reading Malcolm Gladwell's book David and Goliath, and he talked about how trauma and pain in people's lives often make them successful. And I'll often ask my friends like Would you trade it? You know, like would you trade the trauma for the success? Like would you grow up? in a healthy environment, but not be as successful as you are. But I, 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 and and the reason why that question is almost impossible to answer is because <laughs> you don't know what you would be like without the trauma, right? I, I think the success is beautiful because you want it. If you didn't want it, would it be so amazing to you, right? Like, would you... You would be content, so it wouldn't be a burden for you. But people who are burdened to accomplish things are burdened for a reason, right? It's not healthy to just want to be at the top of the top of the top of the top simply because it, in some kind of way, adds value to yourself. Um, And that's, I mean, that's my story. You know, I can couch it. I Like, without therapy, I wouldn't know any of this stuff, I would just know like, nah, I'd be killing it. (laughs) I'm driven. Um, But what therapy reveals to me is that, you know, I grew up with an innate sense of a need for security. And security for me was financial wherewithal and accomplishing goals and making sure that I never lose people or am rejected by people. So, In order to obtain security, I found like, oh, if I win things, if I'm good at things, it creates financial security for me and it creates uh, relational security for me because people want to be around me. So I'll have people around me. People will like me and people will give me money. I just have to be good at things. And so that birthed in me the desire to succeed in an unhealthy way. Right, so, not to say that I wouldn't be successful if I didn't have that, but I think that burden put it on me in a different capacity um but truthfully speaking, like they say in American culture, like i it's probably like seventy to eighty maybe somewhere between eighty thousand and a hundred thousand dollars a year. I think they say that's all you need to live a life of contentment. Like, like to be able to do all the things a multimillionaire can do, you can do them just not at the same scale. Can you fly? You can fly. You can take a vacation. Um, you can pay for, you know, other like little services that you may need. You can get coffee. You can eat out at restaurants. You can do all the things just not at the same scale as a multi, multimillionaire. So, it still puts you in a position to, to do a lot of things, but it's just that some of us are saying, no, I got to do it at that scale. Forget flying. I want to fly private, first class. We're all getting there at the same time, same destination, but no, nah, forget that. Forget driving a new car. I want to drive a new Mercedes. Forget a new Kia, right? Forget having my own house. I need my own house with X on X thousands of square footage. Right, so forget having cable. I need cable on the biggest TV possible, and I think that's, you know, that's where the contentment wrestle comes in. So, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd be where I'm at without the trauma, but I, I wonder if I, I'd, I'd be more content without it. I challenge people to be faithful with what God has given them. Faithfulness is, like, man, being a good steward over it. Be a good steward of your time, of your sleep. And, yeah, I mean, general wisdom will say it will result in you prospering, right? Like, that's the general result. Um, Being driven, I mean, how do we define being driven, right? Are Are we driven or... Because we are trying to be faithful or are we driven because we're trying to find worth? I think that's where the line gets blurry for a lot of us um, because we're always comparing. We, we just cannot stop comparing. We we get around new environments, new territories. We begin comparing and then we got to level up. And, you know, I was having this conversation with a friend No, I wasn't. I was having this conversation. Well, my wife is my friend. So I was having this conversation with my wife. And we were talking about Tyler Perry. And um, we were just talking about like, you know, where do you get to a place where you're like, all right, this is it. You know, he's a billionaire. He's made all these independent films. He's built his own studio. But yet he's still not, heralded in Hollywood as like Michael Bay. You know what I mean? Steven Spielberg. Like, so does he say, well, shoot, what must I do to be seen in that regard? How does my writing change? My directing change? My plot lines, my videography, what do I do to be seen in that light? Or does he say, man, I'm, I'm a billionaire. People still watch my stuff. Like, like, well, what's the motivation? Is is God saying he's unfaithful because he's not pursuing that? Or is God saying you've been faithful with this and this is all I've called you to? I've I've only called you to a billion dollars. <laughs> I haven't called you to a billion dollars and being seen in the same regard as Steven Spielberg. I Only God knows. I don't know the intentions of his heart. And so I think we all got to wrestle with that. You know, our... What is driving us? What is that inside of us telling us we have to accomplish this for? Is it for ourselves? Is it do we somehow become better? Is this just the way we're wired? or is it a sense of like man, am I being faithful with what God has put in front of me? For a long time, um, I just wanted to be faithful. And then I had the option to be the number one album in the country. And I was like, well, shoot, I want that. Why? Because it's there. (laughs) It's there. And what, what, what could possibly happen if that happens? The only problem is, the motivation for wanting that number one album was not about faithfulness. It was about chasing something because it was put in front of me. It was about a new goal that wasn't even part of my initial goal being put in front of me. And what happens is when you hit it, you want it again. But maybe that's not what God called you to. Maybe you weren't called. Maybe that was the 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 largest moment in the craft that you do will ever see. Can you be content with that? And I think a lot of us struggle there. Like it's tough. I, you know, so young in my career I reached this milestone that most people don't get to reach and it's like, hey, are you okay if that's it? Like, are you okay if the the highest peak happened for you in your career in terms of the way the world sees it? Are you good? It's not that God doesn't want to use you anymore. It's not that he doesn't want you to be faithful, but it's just that your faithfulness is not going to include you being there. Now, you can drive yourself to do that again, but that's not what God has called you to do in terms of stewarding what he's put in front of you. And so I say that to anybody out there, you know, you want a promotion. I don't think it's sinful. I don't think it's wrong. You want the promotion, go after the promotion. But why do you want it? Do you want it because you want to advance in your career uh, for the sake of providing for your family and providing some consistency and stability? Or do you want it because you're afraid that security will not be there for you and you don't trust God for security. So you're like, no, if I don't get this, I won't be secure. Well, let me tell you something. You won't be secure even after you get this, right? Like I've never hit a number financially that's made me feel like, okay, now I can rest. Never, never. Um, and I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'll I'm. be financially fine. My kids will be fine. But for whatever reason, I'm like, uh, no, I'm, not, I'm I'm not good. I'm not good, right? But if you want the promotion because you're trying to be a good steward, man, I'm just good at this. I enjoy this. I love this. I'm just trying to be faithful with what God's put in front of me. And well, God may open up those doors because of your faithfulness and your drive and your ambition. Those doors may open up for you to do those things that are amazing. But always be thinking about how God wants to use you in that particular area because it's not just for you. One of the struggles I have with prophecy in in our society is is so self-centered right like prophecy in the bible is not self-centered at all prophecy in the bible is given to people so that they can benefit israel how does this benefit people you never see god coming to someone saying i'm gonna bless you and give you a lot so you'll be awesome end of it. It's like, no, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be the father of many nations. Through you, many nations will be saved and blessed. It's not for you, Abraham, it's for generations on down. It's for more than just you. And a lot of times people prophesy over folks or give prophetic words to people and it's just for them. God's going to bless you. You're going to get a promotion. You're going to I see a big house in your future. I see a big house. I see money in your pocket. Well, why would God just want that prophecy just for just for me? That's, he's a God of community. He's the God of a body, right? Like how does that bless the body? How's that good for the people? And so if doors are opening for you, it's never just for you. God is always trying to bless the entire community, bless the world, uh, bless his bride, the church. I've had seasons where, my motivation was just self-righteousness. It was just, this is what the righteous people do, so I'm doing it. Um, and that probably saved me from some some stuff, but it didn't bring about joy. It didn't make me feel like I enjoyed God and, you know, it was more about me earning his favor and earning the favor of other people. I've had some seasons where, you know, I didn't care. I'm like, psh, I want it, I'm getting it. I don't care what y'all think. Shoot i pay. I earned it. I'm getting it. I like it. I want it. And I don't care. And sometimes our struggle is not realizing the impact of our intent. You may have good intentions, but you don't see the impact of it. You may not have bad intentions, but you don't see the negative impact of it. Um. So you may not have the intention of flexing or stunting on somebody or showing off, but you don't realize that you centering yourself in such a way, or you thinking about you is creating problems for other people, right? You may not be realizing that, you know, the impact of your intention, your, your well intentionedness is spoiling your kids, right? You, you, you just mean to bless them. I just want them to be blessed, but now they're spoiled. They don't know how to provide for themselves. They have no work ethic. You didn't mean anything by it. And so for me, now, as I wrestle with my motivation for things, um, I just know that I have to wrestle. That's really what it comes down to, is not being washed over by culture, not being washed over by society. I'm not trying to earn God's favor. not trying to earn his love. I got that. I'm not trying to be loved and desired by everybody. Um, I know my worth, but there's days where I'm like, man, I I want to show off. My heart desires to. You know, like I wanna, I wanna let you know I'm that person. Like that's what my heart desires. And I have to realize, oh, I've got to struggle with that. That's not going to die anytime. I'm going to struggle with that till I die. That's why it says, when you die, well done. You finish the race. Because the race ain't over till you die. So we're still going to be running. And I think now, I just know, like, hey, that's going to be a struggle. It may not be yours, but it's mine. Can I own it, is the question. Like, can I own it? And if I can, great. You know, like, None of our motivations are ever going to be completely pure. So let's not, let's get rid of that misnomer. Let's get rid of that concept that our motivations are 100% pure. None of them are. We're, we're, We're falling. So there's always going to be an ulterior motive in there that we're going to have to fight against. We're going to have to wrestle, right? Like you can say, man, when I get this check, I'm going to, we do this all the time, at least I do. You may be better than me, but you may get a check. Say so you got a thousand dollar check and you're like, man, I'm I'm about to bless somebody. I'm about to like donate to my favorite organization. I'm going to give them 50% of this. $500 is going out the window. And then you start thinking about that thousand dollars and you start thinking like, shoot, I can think of a couple of things that I can get with this. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, you know, I'm going to do 300 instead of 500 toward that whatever I was going to give to. And then you're like, I mean, 100 is 10%. And I know, like, I mean, like, 10% is still good. So I'm going to do 200. That's 20%. I'm still doing good. And you have talked yourself down from 500 to 200 because you centered yourself, you know, and it's like. You just got to know that about you. Like, that's your tendency. It's like, we know so many things about ourselves that we're like, we know and we struggle with, but it's certain things like sinful things we don't want to acknowledge. Like, we know we're bad at budgeting or we know we're, uh, we we sleep in and we a little bit too lazy or we know we shouldn't eat that extra piece of chicken. Like, we know these things about us, but we're like, okay, I know this. I'm, I'm not going over there. I'm not driving by this, this Chick-fil-A today because I know I'm going to want to stop. We know that. So it's, it's similar to your internal motivations. It's just the same thing. It's just like, man, I know I'm prone to want to be seen in another light. I know I'm prone to want things for the wrong reasons. So what's an alternative path or what's something that protects me from, from doing this in this particular way? And listen, again, I I just think we're made for so much more. I just think god has built us to be um you know reflections of him i i think that we're not here to show off and to to demonstrate how awesome we are we're here to show off and how and demonstrate how awesome god is so is there a Bentley in your future nah man ain't no Bentleys in my future man but but here's the thing it's not that it's there's no Bentleys in my future everybody who's got not everybody, most people who have expendable income are gonna spend it on something. They may not spend it on some symbol of wealth, but they're gonna spend it on something. It, it, something is gonna be a demonstrative of the money that they have. Something is. So, you know, that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with getting a Bentley. There's nothing wrong with getting uh, whatever. Nothing is wrong with that. It's something wrong when the heart behind it hasn't been adjusted right it's it's the why it's never the what it's the why because if you live in america you're part of the richest i don't know what is it five percent people five percent of the people in the world so every time you buy starbucks every time you buy you know a, uh overpriced cheeseburger you're not necessarily you know being a good steward with your funds in as it pertains to somebody else in another part of the world like they're like dang spent 20 bucks on a burger bro you know what i could have fed my whole family for that 20 dollars so there's there's always that contrast comparison but what's the heart intention what's the motivation like what's the thought process you know the the goal it, w- it wasn't like i was sitting there thinking like i gotta have the expensive burger because it makes me look good it was man i didn't see this as a lot of money i saw it as just hey i wanted this i bought that it was dinner it was lunch we had a conversation we shared jesus and i have no problem giving 100 dollars to said organization over here i you know it's, it was not a bad intention you know somebody paid a ton of money for jesus's tomb like they didn't have to lazarus didn't have to spend all that money they didn't have to spend that money on the perfume you know the she uh the woman broke the alabaster poured perfume all over jesus feet why that's too expensive what are you doing he's like yo chill out chill out he didn't chastise him for that so i I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with, with the, the the things we buy. It's the internal motivation. It's what are what are are we wrestling with? That are we thinking through that? Are we just being washed over by culture and allowing culture to tell us we need things we don't need? We should have things that we don't have. Like, if you can afford it, fine. And be sure to see yourself as someone who is an extension of God's kingdom and how that can be fleshed out in your life. You're going to spend $1,500 and take your kids to Disneyland. Do that and show them what it looks like to be generous, to the least fortunate, to not center yourself on money and success on and on goes the pattern. Um, I don't want to make a law where there's no law. Jesus doesn't do that, and neither, neither shall I.